Well, welcome to the Next Steps podcasts. The, the time we take to talk about what we were talking about on Sunday and what it means for Monday. And to help us do that, we've got uh, a, a bunch of people who've uh, graciously given up their Sunday evenings. And uh, I'll introduce you to them in just a moment. As you see their faces beaming at you through the screen if you're watching this on video, but if you're listening to me on audio, you've got no idea what I'm talking about. But we, as, uh, as, a, as a church family, and I think uh, as, as Baptists in Tasmania, uh, want to take seriously the, the history of Tassie and the, the unfinished business that is still there. And so as we launch into this discussion, we acknowledge and pay our respects to the first Tasmanian peoples as traditional owners and custodians of the land we walk on. And we also pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and for their care of country and seas over the past thousands of generations. We say thanks to God for their, their faithful stewardship of this land before whitefellas turned up. So... It's with that uh, I, I introduce you to uh, the bunch of people whose names, if you're watching on the screen, you can see on the screen anyway. Uh, but uh, as we said, normally we would record this on a Monday because it's a long weekend. We're recording it on the Sunday evening. And uh, uh, Mitch, what have you been up to today? I uh, went to uh, Hobart Baptist actually to see uh, our former cast member, if you'd like to say, uh, Matt Henderson's in, in Duck. Which was really lovely to, um, you know, see him there and uh, see the church community over there get around him. Um, and I also caught up with uh, some of our, uh, you know, adults and went to the beach actually. So that was really nice. Well, and, and for those wondering, yeah, we do need to acknowledge Matt Henderson, who has been the faithful host of this podcast, is now uh, hosting Sunday services at Hobart Baptist Church. So if you want to catch up with him, that's where you will. And uh, he was, as we said, inducted today. At Citywide, we were looking at what does it mean to fast and pray. But before then, uh, I uh, introduced this new sermon series. The, the sermon series is Follow, Jesus Shows Us the Way. Uh, and really started by bouncing off a, a quote from Dallas Willard. Uh, and uh, Dallas Willard, I think I can actually, may even be able to bring this quote up. This is a bit of a scary thing to do while we record this live, but uh, let's see how we go. Uh, oh, maybe I can't. There we go. Uh, but Dallas Willard said, uh, Jesus came to respond to the universal human need to know how to live well. He came to show us how, through reliance on him, we can best live in the universe as it really is. That's why he said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly, from John 10.10. 10. His supremacy lies in the greatness of the life he gives to us. Willard goes on, he says, putting Jesus Christ into a worldwide competition with all known alternatives is the only way we can give our faith a chance to prove his power over the whole of life. And I, I talked a little bit about the some of the, the different uh, things that often uh, are, are the main things that take up our life and attention. And uh, talked about how Jesus invites us to make him the, the primary force in our lives. I don't know, Paul, how you uh, bounced off that, uh, that first bit of the, the message as we talked about this wrestle for, for so many of us because all kinds of other priorities come in. And Jesus is saying, like if you make me the priority, like that's, this is where you find life. Yeah, it was interesting. That, I, that is so true. I mean, I agree that statement. It's pretty hard to argue with it. The bit that challenged me was the statement that, and the thought that Jesus came amongst the other things that are pulling people to show that he's the he is the way. I. I love the way that Willard put it. I just find that a really challenging statement. I think about all the challenges we have out there as um, Christians and all the challenges that anybody has in the world 
and how we, how we have always have choices, but through it all, you know, we can choose God, and Jesus is still number one and still top. So that's that's the bit that I really, really got out of it. And I really love that thought, and that just resonated with me. Well, I don't know, Dan, how you. I mean, you've spent a, a, a large chunk of your life. Uh, as a missionary and now adjusting to being a pastor and and doing your best to, with your whole life, serve Jesus. But, but there's this promise of whole life. How does that work out in practice in your life and how, how do you process that? Yeah, it's. Um, I think one, one thing that stood out to me is when I was at college um, in year 11, I think it was, that there was a massive push in education that, um, look after number one and then everything else will follow after that like look after yourself um, it's just and so that's one of the paradigms that I was walking around um, and it's interesting because it is a challenge what what that quote says is that Jesus against all, all these other philosophies is the is the best way of having a life after the fall um, yeah so so I, I find it an interesting question um, I feel like it's going to take a little while for me to work out their responses. But from my experience, uh, this this lie of self-advancement, of finding your career and profession and being successful, of having a comfortable house, a strong family, a good education, that, that philosophy, um, I've seen plenty of people walk through that and still not find life to the full, still find life confusing and empty. Um, yeah, and so there's something about life to the full doesn't depend on physical comfort or yeah so so for me um i, I know when we brought up our we moved to the to the uk as as missionaries we we didn't have an income for 11 years except for gift income from those who believed in what we were doing we were we were living in a two-bedroom bungalow with our four kids um and the, the room was so small that you couldn't actually put two full-size beds in it so i had to custom build a bed to fit the four kids in um and we were finding life to the full like it was a real joyful thing uh, of serving god and seeking first his kingdom so yeah but i think i've also had times through my christian life where living a, a life of service to god without having prayer and intimacy with god has felt really empty and, and it's, it's actually been a deeply frustrating time yeah. And so I, I like this thing that we're talking about today of prayer and intimacy with God um, as, as being the core of what we're aiming for, not, <clears throat> not just Christian service and sacrifice, because they run dry as well. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I don't know, Mitch, what, as, you, as you think about it, and this question, what does it actually mean to, to follow Jesus? Uh, how, do you, how do you bounce off that question in your own life? Um, I just think following Jesus is, as I think Paul touched on there, is putting him first despite the distractions. Like at the moment, I'm actually doing a, um, a Bible plan. I'm just trying to do the Bible in a year. Um, and I try and do that, just, you know, do it every morning. And it really sets me up for the day, I feel like. However, of course, my distractions, I'm actually going through a bit of a phone addiction problems at the moment. And so my distractions are things such as YouTube or instagram or you know anything that it could be um and sometimes i just forget to do it and i find that sometimes those days that i don't do it just aren't as good i just don't feel oh, i don't i can't really say but it's just not the same like um you know spending that, that time of prayer from that bible plan is really bring closer and really sets me up for the day in that yeah, but I love what you're saying there. I actually, uh, I love what Dan was saying as he was talking, sharing about uh, it's it's got to be more than than just going through the motions, or it's it's got to be a a priority. And uh, part of this thing we were focusing on uh, uh, last uh, year, and it sort of briefly touched on is this this process of learning to, to focus on, on Jesus. And it's kind of, and, and it can't just be an act you put on. It's got to be 
really at the center of, of what life is. I mean, and for you as, you, as, as we get into this and sort of, and, and you were sharing a bit of your own journey, uh, we'll come, come to that. But, but just this thing of, as both Mitch and Dan are talking about there, the, it's, it's so easy to, to get distracted and it's, and it's gotta be real. It, following Jesus really has to be real. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, so <laughs> um, now I suppose I better elaborate on that, hadn't I? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes, it does have to be real. And what I love about um, God and our relationship with God is that he knows who we are. He you know, there, like there's Psalm 139 that says from the, you know, sort of I have loved you, I have watched you since you were in your mother's womb and um, and wherever you go, I'm with you. Now, we, we, we can take that with us um, and we can tap into it. Um, <laughs> but as we've all been talking, we get distracted, don't we? Um, but there's like a tap root. Um, one of the words, one of the um, Bible verses that I talked about in the in my message was in Proverbs um, about you know we can be heart sick and that kind of um, really stunts us, hmm. but um, a longing fulfilled is um, like trees um, of life. I think it was. I can't. I haven't got it in front of me. I haven't memorized that particular verse, and it is sweet to the soul. And when I first read that word, you know, it is, you know, makes us, it's part of, it's the tree of life. It actually brought to my mind some verses that um, have meant a lot to me through my own Christian walk. And those are in Isaiah. And it's, it's um, actually one that Jesus referred to when he first proclaimed his ministry um, about that he had come to, um, you know, be the captives and make the blind mm. see and um, that kind of thing. And then he goes on and then there's, and, you know, he'll replace the oil and the, you know, the spirit of mourning with the spirit of, sorry, spirit of heaviness with the, you know, with joy mm. and so forth. And then it goes on to say, and you will be trees of righteousness, the planting of the law. And um, for me, that's, that's what we do when we follow you know god plants us and and paul says he plants us in love and the roots we have go down deep in love that's and jesus if you like when whether whether that's a tree or a vine jesus is the vine and we are the branches it's like there's a there's a root and there's a main root that um goes really down deep and we're grounded and um, and even when we're distracted, it seems to me that um, we can still be grounded in his love. He's, and he accepts that, you know, we, we get on with our lives and, you know, I might be at work and I might not be doing, I might not be thinking about God every moment of the day or whatever it happens to be or I might fly off the handle at something and then I think, oh, gosh, you know. Um, but... I do believe that when we kind of follow God and we make an uh, we make an effort to focus on Him, then we remain in Him. As, as that that John um, mm. fifteen verses one to eleven passage talks about, which you introduced, Matt, and then I quite independently introduced, and I think that was for me that could have just been coincidence, but I think. When you believe in the Holy Spirit's working in our lives, um, I think it was like a little flag going up to say, "Have a, you know, don't don't forget about this. Don't just gloss over it. Take yeah. notice." And um, and that you know, sort of when you you know remain in me, and I will remain in you. And when you obey, when you love me and obey my commands, you will remain in me that's following hmm. and um I, I love that jesus understands us and he understands our mess in fact when he came he came into mess <laughs> hmm. and he came into um 
a city and people who were so busy and there was so much going on, there wasn't even a place for him to stay. Hmm. You know, there were there was just so much going on. There was there was no room for him. Yeah. And yet God made room for him. And I think God has a way of calling on us and the Holy Spirit has a way of just reminding us. If, so, um, I mean, I don't know, I'm rabbiting on probably and it may not make sense. But I think um, he He calls us. He keeps calling us. And we, can, and we can get distracted, but <laughs> he's got a voice there that will keep saying, come back to me. Come back yeah. to me. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think as we come back in prayer, and we might we might miss it for days, Mitch, as you say, then I have to say I'm guilty. Is that, oh, guilty, that's not the right word. But I do that as much as anybody. Um, and yet God still calls. The Holy Spirit still prompts. And if we're willing to not always... Um, catch on every time <laughs> still keep you'll still be persistent well, I, I think that's a really good way of leading into this next conversation because um, we, we introduce the whole thing we call to this life but the reality is keeping as Mitch was saying keeping your focus on Jesus I mean the whole I, I'm right now reading a best-selling book uh, called Soul and Focus which, and, and it says that this whole world, people, their attention is getting more and more fragmented. And so uh, this whole sermon series really is about what are the things you can do to, to gradually build that focus, to gradually sustain it, but also to acknowledge none of us have this together. We're all on a journey and, and it's a... And, and I, I, you know, I love as a pastor to be able to say, you know, Gee, my relationship with God is always so good. You can really trust that I've got it together. I know what I'm doing. I just can't. And I, I don't know any honest pastors who can say that. But I, I, it is true. I've grown a bit. I've, gro I've grown a bit over the years, and I'm, few st I'm some steps ahead of where I was. And that's why we're introducing these different uh, behaviours, I guess you call them, or uh, practices, and, and so that make up the follow acronym. And say these are the things you can build them into your life. They, they do make a difference. They actually make a difference. And we, we've been talking about uh, fasting and prayer. And, it's, and both Anne and I sort of introduced that. I kind of did the, the specific and then Anne got to the heart of it. Paul, I guess, um, and, and you see there for those watching on the screen, there's the, the acronym and we'll, we'll be unpacking more and, the, and also the description of uh, what fasting is, which is really... Uh, doing without food in order that you might be able to focus on God. And by the way, the, the Bible, the, the notes for these messages are always available on the YouTube uh, link. So we'll have the, the link to that. Uh, and on in the, the, the description of the podcast, so the, the show notes of the podcast, I believe they're called, they'll have the, the link to the, the sermon notes. Paul, for you, mate, like, uh, so we're making this claim that fasting and prayer, if you can build them into your life, it, it helps this keeping focused on Jesus. Uh, do you think it's right? Do I think it's right? Yeah, I do. I, I think I think any time spent with God can only can only improve your your lot in life. Can only improve the way you feel, the way you react. It can only make it better if you spend time with God. And the easiest way to do it is to do it without distraction, hence the fasting. Um, but, you know, I just think I, I did like your thing about prayer. You know, a lot of people get hung up on the prayer side of prayer and fasting. Hmm. But the prayer, we all have this idea of what prayer is, I think, in our heads. But I, my challenge is, and you mentioned today, was that prayer is not, a set routine. Prayer is actually having a conversation with God and spending time listening, listening for a reply. And it's that simple. So we don't have to make it this. We don't have to make it this really fandangled thing. This really, I suppose, um, special thing. It can happen in all your life. And it's just when you're fasting. That's when you've just got that little bit of extra focus. And I think that's what's so 
so good about it. So it's it's not prayer and fasting is you know not to it's to withdraw yourself from the distractions of the world rather than actually withdraw yourself. It's actually to just put God, make God bigger in the picture. And I think that's the point of prayer and fasting. It puts God back to the forefront where he always should be. And as you said, we don't always do that, but that's that's what to me. And so it, it is so important if you want to understand what God wants in your life because God's got a plan for you. It's just whether we listen to it. And so, you know, to understand that plan, I think you've just got to do the prayer and fasting and I think it becomes comes easier and it becomes, um, you become more attuned mm. to what God is trying to tell you. I wonder, Mitch, what questions, for me, you're kind of exhibit over a young bloke just, who's probably heard a few less sermons on this sort of stuff than some of us uh, and, and sort of on, wrestling to make it work but as you hear about fasting and prayer and we, we talked a bit about abstinence which is giving up stuff that you think you might be a bit too dependent on but isn't necessarily food how do you um mm. what, what questions have you got about how you actually do it so the whole point of the next steps podcast is we want to we want to ask how do you actually take next steps with this stuff i guess for you what, what would be some of the questions or what would be some of the, the blocks or the things that would get in the road for you getting into fasting and getting a bit more serious with prayer. Hmm. Firstly, I think when we fast, is that primarily just because we have, say, a big decision coming up or, you know, something that we need answers to or that we want answers to, or is it just something that we do when we feel like we just really need time with God and time hearing from him? Hmm. Uh, how, for, I don't know, uh, Dan, how, how you, would you, in your experience, what, what's fasting been part of your, in your journey? Yeah, um, fasting has often been, um, just the routine of it has been that we've often had fasted through till the evening meal for like often for a week we would skip meals through the day. Um, and just have the evening meal to break the fast each day. Um, I, I had a real strong view that there's no point giving up food without actually spending a bit more time in prayer. You don't yeah. just fill, fill your day with business and get on with stuff, but you actually use that time to really focus on God. There's something precious and symbolic, I think, about getting your body to actually physically act out what you're spiritually what you're doing. So, so for me to be able to control my body and say actually I'm going to fast now and, and pray to God, pray with God. Yeah. But I was thinking one, one of the main thoughts through this is um, I, I don't want to just be flatmates with God, like that God indwells me. Yeah. Um, I know for, you know, for an intimate relationship, like for a, a husband and wife living in a house, you don't want to just be flatmates, like ships crossing in the night sort of thing, um, who just coexist but I want to have this um, strong relationship with God, which means I invest in the relationship and I spend time with him. Um, and fasting is just one of the helpful routines that, that gives me some structure to hang that on. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I think, can I just jump in? There you go. <laughs> Sorry, I am. <laughs> um, so I think there will be times when you are at a crossroads, for example, in your life and you, you're looking for guidance and and you're not quite sure where where's next and whatever and then you that is a big decision and you may find that 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 opportunity to fast um is a way of just giving you some focus into that and there might be other times like i think of um uh in the bible there were times when people saw or they they heard like oh, i can't remember his name was it uh, nehemiah Anyway, that he he found out there was some he got some bad news about the situation and he wanted to do something about it. In fact, it was the you know the town of Jerusalem um, and things were going you know to wreck and ruin and and he felt that the time had come that maybe it was time to um, step in and do something. And the first thing he did was actually um, rec recognize and acknowledge. In God's presence and through His fasting, 
that um, they've stuffed it up as a as a people of God, and so um, sometimes fasting is about really working into well, what does that mean? You know, where did we go wrong? How how do we how do we move on from this? So, so fasting can be about that, and then I think as part of fasting. Um, it can be the big decisions, it can be that kind of thing, it can, and then it can also be just this opportunity to um, be available hmm. to hear God perhaps a little bit more intentionally yeah. and, and, and to, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so what have been some of your experiences with it, Anne? Well, to be honest, in my early um, Christian life, um, even as a you know in my twenties and um, thirties, there wasn't a big focus on fasting in the churches that I attended. So I didn't really fast. I mean, you know, it gets mentioned in the Bible, but there was no real focus on it in the discipline of fasting. And so I, you know, I wondered about it, but I never did it. I never thought about it as something that was a really, you know, worth incorporating as a discipline into my walk of faith. Mm. And then, really, I guess the, I, I really didn't stop and think really hard about it as another next step, if you like, until Matt, you started speaking about fasting and really putting a shining a light on it and focusing on it. And I'm one of these people who, for medical reasons, can't go on a prolonged fast. Yeah. But I can modify my fast, um, you know, similar like, like Dan and his family modified their way of fasting. But what it did was it was like an intentional, okay, um, we're fasting, we're putting some time aside. This is a really about a focus on hearing God. Yeah, you know, and, absolutely. And, and I found that a really helpful, um, really helpful, actually, yeah. to do that. Um, and uh, I, I love it. I love it. This is what we're talking about. In this podcast, we want to get to the, how does this actually work? And I, I love, like if I'm to be honest, uh, for me, uh, I really didn't get into fasting till I ran out of answers. And I, like, I was, it was actually when I think the first time I really got serious about fasting uh, was when we were stuck in Canada and I didn't have a job and I, and I didn't have any money and it was all I could do. Uh, I, I, I was trying to provide for my family. I didn't have a way to do that. And so uh, Leanne and I would go for walks and we just started, and I just fasted and prayed. And, and I had a practice, like Dan was saying, of kind of not, because I didn't want it to disrupt my family life. So I, I would fast breakfast and lunch and then be there for the family meal. Um, and then gradually uh, we would have, in fusion, we would have weeks of prayer and fasting, but I, I only nominally got involved with that. But then, uh, in citywide, we, we would have a, we've had some weeks of prayer and fasting, where, I, and and it really that's I've only once in my life uh, completely fasted for a, a whole week um, of all food. Not from when you're fasting, it's really important to drink drink water. And uh, I once fasted from coffee. I ended up with a migraine, so I'll never do that again. Um, uh, so. Anyway, it's a whole other discussion. Uh, But this is where we're talking about. But for me, it's been a really important process and it actually, I think, strengthened my self-control. It actually, as I spent time in prayer with God, it it did feel like something shifted. There was times where I was just really hungry and it was difficult. Um, Even when it was just the through till dinner time, it's it's an uncomfortable thing to do. I know, Paul, what's, what's been some of your ex- actual experiences with fasting? Have you had much experience with it? Yeah, I've had a, lot of, I've had a few forced fastings in the army, but um, <laughs> they were quite interesting. But um, like you said, that's for another story. Fasting's been an interesting one. I suppose I've always thought of fasting as um, a big decision thing, and that's what Mitch was talking about before, you know, what he used for. Uh, you know, that whole church fasting to see if they mm. sell the building, the church fasting, you know, like in being part of that. I find that really moving. But what I've found, though, also is 
Uh, I mean, it's, it's that ability to actually just stop and spend time with God that's the important thing. So, um, and fasting or absence of something is, is the thing that you need to do to do that. And I think this is the, the catch-22, but I suppose I'm just talking in a circle. Um, back to the start, I think fasting, well, my experience with fasting is sometimes it has given me an answer and sometimes it hasn't. So I, I look back on it now and I go, was I actually listening to God or was I doing it for myself or mm. was I not listening? So it's really interesting, like, I've gone through times of fasting when we have come out none the wiser or none the clearer or, or yep. anything like that. Other times, yeah, me too. Uh, other times of fasting, it's really obvious what should happen. So um, the importance of fasting is, is real. Um, sometimes I think we might go into it expecting an answer. I think we might uh, situate the appreciation. In other words, we might go there thinking, oh, God's going to tell me an answer to this when he's actually trying to tell you something else. I think... That's the danger if we go fasting for a decision. Yes, that's really helpful, actually, mate. I, and I think I can acknowledge in me, sometimes I've gone fasting and I feel like I'm doing it to earn brownie points with God so he'd do what I was praying for. And, and I don't think that's actually what it's for. Like, I, don't think, I think that's, that's, that's dangerous territory. And Matt, I, as everyone's talking, in fact, as Paul was talking, um, I had a picture of... Jesus, after he had, um, after God had said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, and he'd been baptised and he came out of the water, and then it says he um, went out into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days. <laughs> that was a pretty mammoth fast. And um, I don't know what all the things that happened on that, but it's like he was at the start of his ministry. Hmm. What a momentous moment. And he pauses hmm. in that and he focuses on on his time with his father hmm. and but what happens at, toward the end of the fast is he goes through this incredible period of temptation um where, where he's like he's being tested you know do you what is it you really want from this ministry hmm. uh, when you do this what are your motives how much of what you're wanting to do is for God, your Father, for um, out of love for humanity, and you know, and seeing uh, seeing us restored into love relationship with the so, Father. So I, I love what you say. I, I think that's been my experience. Often with fasting, God has used it, and, and this is what Dallas Willard said too. He he uses it to pinpoint your stuff and mm -hmm. to help you face your stuff as much as get the answers to the particular prayers you have. And just as Jesus was taken into a time of fasting and then at the end of that was able to then face and, and you know, literally face his demons, demon who was trying to get to him, uh, I, often, often fasting can be a time of, of having to face the drives in you that just wants to meet your own needs. And so that's, I think that's part of it. Mm. I don't know, Mitch, how you've heard all that, but I don't, and Dan, I don't know if you wanted to toss in, but uh, my my sense is often fasting is for a bigger kind of thing. Uh, sometimes it's uh, like a, a combined time where we have a week of prayer and fasting that the church gets together, sometimes for a specific purpose, other times for just a, um, a thing. Uh, there, is, there is something yeah. just doing it together. It's yeah. a different kind of fasting it, it, um but there is something really i think significant about us as a body of doing it together um the one thing that's really helped me a lot is um i i for my personal fasting i really enjoy being outdoors and actually i engage with god i seem to engage with god more easily in nature and so for me the the best fact we're, we're using the word fasting but i would often use the word retreat where i just retreat with god into the into the forest or into the bush and just go for a walk with him and and I, I like what you said there matt previously is um i feel like usually the main thing that happens is that god brings me back into alignment with him mm. and, and that's a place of peace yeah and it is and it can be a real like for me it can be a real battle uh just to this part of me that you know i want my needs met and if i'm hungry i want to eat if you know uh, you know i if I'm thirsty, I want coke. I don't want water. I want something that 
Tastes good anyway. That's a whole other thing. I don't, I don't know, Mitch, how you, you hear all that. Um, and we're really only touching in a minute. Mm. I want to, I'm going to throw to Andy here. Um, well, I'd like to hear Mitch's, Mitch's response. Yeah, but it's all right. But we, we'll, in a minute, we'll hear from Mitch. In a minute, we'll hear from Anne. But, uh, <laughs> but just to give a heads up, before we hear from Anne, what I'd love to hear from you all is we're also talking about prayer and we'll come back to Mitch to hear that response. But just for you to be thinking about, uh, we were talking about prayer as well as fasting. And how do, how do you keep track of the, the, the requests you've made in prayer for God? We'll get you to talk about that in just a minute. Um, but, but Mitch, as you, you know, you've heard people wrestling with all this stuff, uh, how, how do you bounce off it? Um, yeah, I just want to firstly say thank you. I thought that was actually really interesting hearing all your you know, takes on that. And um, from what I got from that, I think it, I could look at it as you surrendering yourself and your needs and wants to more closely align yourself with God and to get closer to him. Is that, am I right in saying that? That's a pretty good summary. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. And it's not easy often. That would be true, in my experience. Mm. Yeah. But I think yeah. you nailed it, mate. Mm. I think part of the reason I want to ask about how you keep track of the requests you ask from God, I don't mean how this works for you. Because um, we're talking about, we were talking about God wants you to ask for stuff. He, got, he actually wants us to just to talk to him. <laughs> and. Um, and I guess I just wanted to touch base and say, uh, I, don't, I don't know, we'll let anybody jump in here. Um, how, how does that work for you, the, the asking for stuff from God? And do you find a way to keep tabs of that? Or are there, are there things that you are continually asking for? And you're, I don't want to steal the thunder, but you're going to come up with your message in a minute. But you were talking about something you were asking for on a repeated basis. And there's been, I've got lists of things that I'm praying for and people I'm praying for on a regular basis. I know. Just how how does prayer? I don't know, any any of any of us. How how does prayer actually work for you? Does... I think it works on a number of levels for me, because um, for me, some of it is about actually actually saying, "Well, this is what I'd like. This is what I want." Um, but there's another part of me, and this has to do, I don't know, It's maybe it's my personality, but um, I like the idea of contemplative prayer, hmm. which is where you um, have a lot of quiet um, and silence. And that seemed, it does seem a bit odd, and I do find it hard to quiet all yeah. that inside voice that goes on. Um, in a and, and actually, and sometimes it's and it really like it might be only like for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, but the whole point is just to be quiet yeah. and stop and and to say, I'm coming into your presence, Lord, and I'm going to be quiet, yeah, and um, and to sort of silence as much as I can those voices and when I start getting distracted, just, oh, yeah, I got distracted, but not beating myself up about it, just coming back into a quiet place. And sometimes I feel like God inserts things into that. Um, it's like um, on one occasion, I, I'll go to come to that later, um, and 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 yet at other times I don't feel like anything comes other than knowing that I have come into God's presence, mm. and then I've left God's presence to get on with my day. Yeah. But there's something really special about that, and there's a sense in which I've been held. Yeah. So that that for me is part of my prayer life, and it's a very important part of my prayer life. And there are the the needs where I ask for things and I spoke yeah. about one in particular this morning where I'd asked and asked and I was confident that maybe this was finally the time when it was going to happen and it didn't and it sent me reeling and I've been a Christian for a long time and 
and I think I've gained some wisdom and maturity over that time, but this one did me in and sent me back to a place that I've been on many occasions, to be honest, in my prayer life, in my walk with God, where I think, you know, <laughs> um, are you really there? You know, have you actually listened to what I asked for and what was really wrong with what I asked for? And why couldn't you deliver on this? Hmm. And but, but the other part of that is, and it was only afterwards when I felt, and this is this again is about um, being attentive and even hmm. I felt this prompt. I believe it was the spirit's whisper saying, "Ah, oh, you read something yesterday. Just think about what that was." Hmm. And that was, of course, um, about thanking God for all the good things he has already done yeah. in that think, situation. And, and I'm looking forward, because I think it's going to be a nice way to round off our conversation on this, because mm. inherently the thing of prayer and asking God for stuff, often the answers aren't the ones we want, and we'll, mm. and we'll, we'll come to that, because uh, it's, it's really important to face that, because it, that, it's profound, and, and many of us carry, carry scars uh, deep scars for when the prayer hasn't been what we wanted it to be. I think before we get there, any any other keen to hear from you other guys too. Like, how do you manage your prayer life? And talking about spending time uh, in silence, but also asking for stuff. Um, and, and look, one of the one of our other practices is listening prayer. And we, we, we talked a bit about that we, in terms of listening to God. And it's kind of all tied up. But this thing of just Fasting and prayer and this conversation with God and being willing to ask God for stuff. How, did, how does it work for you, Dan? Or I, I, um, yeah. I have a different take on prayer, I think. Um, it was really quite interesting listening to Anne, and I suppose my life story is it's slightly different to Anne's, but I give up asking God for stuff. If that makes sense, it's just bizarre. Like, I I now look at life after losing you know, losing a um mm. my, my wife I look at life completely different um and so my prayer life is completely different now and it's, it's it is quite strange because I go and I used to ask God for stuff I used to ask God for for things to happen and now I think it's just God's got it under control. You know, mm. we just have to accept the fact that God has it under control, and it might not be the outcome you always want. Mm. He has that under control, and then talk about that bit today about having, you know, um, even in the hard times, you can you can see God involved. And so, when my prayer, understanding that my basis for prayer is that God has it under control, it's not so much asking; it's just talking to God. Yeah. And I think, that, and it's just. Talking to God and you know having a conversation with Him and and, and most of the time it's not even a it's never a why God it's just mm. oh that's that's happening is it God okay you know that that's how it sort of goes in my in my prayer life now it's, and it's just yeah it's completely changed and I think it's just an amazing way to be for me personally I just I used to yeah God if you do this I'll do that um type prayers and then it's now. Oh, no, God's got it under control. I'll just, I'll just go along with His flow and try and understand what that flow is. So that's that's what my prayer, whole prayer life is aimed at. Now, I love that. I think in a lot of ways, that's the whole book of Job is about that getting to that point where you can just go, yeah, okay, I'll stop trying to second guess you, and you're bigger than I am, and that's the whole. whole point. It's not a superficial thing because it is. There can be it can be really frustrating when you think you know how God should do it. <laughs> uh, and uh, very rarely does God work out the way you think you should do it. I know Dan and Mitch, it'd be interesting to hear for you guys. How, how does your how's prayer actually work in practice for you guys? Do you want to go, Mitch? Yeah, sure. Um, well, actually, I'd say last year I, I was not necessarily struggling, but I was actually searching for answers on how do I pray? Because I've heard many people talk about, you know, our God being very conversational, very relaxed. And I've always wondered, is it just something we do? We just talk. We just, you know, 
toss out our, our wants, our, our love towards him, our thanks? Um, or is it actually good to um, things in a semi-structured manner? That's a, that's a good question. Dan, I don't know, Dan if you want to... I was hoping Mitch was going to give the answer there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have you have you found any kind of answer to that, Mitch? Yourself? Um, well, I did actually really find the structured way of doing stuff actually helpful for me because I, I often like to pray before I go to bed, and I mm. find that when I do structure it, my mind doesn't go crazy. I, I am mm. sort of, you know, I, I I touch all the bases that I really want to touch. However, I have actually also found that just. You know, laying my heart out there and talking to God is also really amazing as well. I sort of just did want to hear from you guys in, in your own experiences with that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar to Paul. There has to be a balance in here somewhere because um, there's things that I've desperately prayed for and I couldn't understand why God wouldn't mm. do it. I couldn't think of any reason whatsoever why God wouldn't intervene or wouldn't heal. Or, um, and I, I think there's been a big journey of learning to trust that God's got it. So that, that is part of it and to, to, to live in his plan and timing and stuff. Um, but at the same time, I, I've also talked with a bunch of people who have, you know, basically moved mountains through prayer, who mm. have been real prayer warriors. I remember one of my favourite stories is um, there's, I think if you want to talk about prayer, you, you can't go much further than Corrie ten Boom with a bunch of her writing. And I just, I love her determination to work with God. Like I, I remember hearing a story that she, she was praying about something really fervently and she held up a Bible and she said, look, God, here it is. You wrote it. So sort this out. And she was really like, <laughs> I, 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 I do feel like there's both being, willing to trust God and allow him to, to do his thing and know that he's got it. But there, there is something in the power of prayer that, I, that I've been wanting to learn. How do you be a prayer warrior? How, how, and what does that mean? How do you actually really invest in, in, in prayer and, and, you know, expectantly wanting to see God change? I don't believe in building spiritual credit and earning God's will. Um, yeah. So that's some of the questions. I don't have answers to that. That is some of the questions. I, I know too many Christians who really invested heavily in prayer and seeing God do amazing things. Mm. Mm. Matt, can I just say one more thing before we do wrap up? Um, in answer to Mitch about structure, I actually do think there's a really good place mm. for that. Yeah. And I know for me, um, reading prayers that others have actually spent a lot of time putting together can be really meaningful um, and helpful for me. And, um, you know, uh, prayers as part, formal prayers as part of a service, I think, can be really helpful. And you can take those and make them your own. And, of course, there was the prayer that Jesus taught our Father. And I think it's, it's like a model. And I often think of that. And I, I read a book... Uh, by um, called Mad um, I can't remember what it's called. It was by a woman called Madame Guillon, who lived in the 1800s, I think. But she spoke about prayer, and she spoke about how you could, you know, our Father, and then you spend time and you you actually think about what that means, and that mm. might change from one day to the next in terms of where you put that focus. Who is it? Who art in heaven? Hallowed be your name. And you put time into hallowing the name of Jesus and God and, and the Holy Spirit, the three in one. And, you know, your will be done. What does that mean for you in this moment and God in this moment? Um, as it is you know, done on earth, as it is in heaven. How do, how do we help bring in the kingdom of heaven here on earth? And where do you want me in all of that? And hmm. That then opens up a whole lot of different avenues for prayer. And give us this day our daily bread. It's like, um, it's not only about praying about our own needs and our family's needs and so forth. It, I think it's, for me too, it's about saying, well, what do you want me to do, Lord, that it helps me meet, the, it helps, you know, where you're saying, help do something that helps meet other people's needs. Hmm. You know, 
Um, and and then there's the, you know, forgive, you know, uh, our debts as we forgive others. And there's some real opportunities there to think about, well, where do I need to get myself right with God? Um, and also to um, think about, well, are there grudges I'm holding? Are there things I need to release into you know, to God's care, and then of course, you know, really, you know, lead us not into temptation. So again, we can use that as a, as a hook. In our so, so I think that really, what I like what you're saying, Anne, and I think that's right. It was useful for me to discover that the Psalms, Jesus prayed the Psalms, mm-hmm. and the Psalms were like the original prayer book of the yeah. Bible. Yeah. And, and so for me, it's a mixture. Being being Protestants, we pride ourselves on trying to make prayers up, and it feels mm-hmm wrong and a bit too catholic when we um say stuff but for me it's been really helpful like i've memorized psalm 23 i'm working on memorizing psalm 100 and and i pray those prayers Mm -hmm. and i pray the lord's prayer and Mm -hmm. for me there's another prayer the the covenant prayer by um uh, wesley that i pray regularly and, and get the whole church to look at it every now and then so i think structure and for me also i have a list of people i'm praying for on a regular basis and that's, that's how I structure some of my praying. And I actually write down next to them often what I'm praying for for them mm-hmm. because my, my brain is terrible. I'm not a natural, like I find it's hard to concentrate. It's even harder and harder. Uh, and so I need a bit of structure. Like, but I, I, like Dan was saying, I, I, I would so love to, to be a real prayer warrior and I've got a, I've got a way to go, I think, in, in my prayer life. I think my... Most of us have. So not all of us are called to that. But I, but I, I think that, that's also a bit of a cop out. I feel like it's a like we're learning with fasting. It's stuff you can build into your life and make habit. Have, like we've covered a fair bit of territory, and it's, I'm conscious we've been going for a while. But and I mean, and we've sort of touched on bits and pieces that you, you did in your message. I mean. Is there stuff at the heart of what you are trying to communicate that you don't think we've we've we've, we've quite got to yet? There's one thing, and yeah. that was a sense of God desires us. He so wants us to be in relationship with Him, and He He wants us. He wants us to connect with Him. Hmm. It, that's his longing, um, and he places within us because we are we bear his image. He places within us a longing to connect with him, and and I mentioned this morning um, for this. You know, if you look at the Sistine Chapel, the ceiling at the very centre of all the things that are going on in that piece of art, you see um, a picture of God with this big arm and hand reaching out to grab this rather famous, you know, a nice-looking man's hand, but nevertheless very small in the scheme of things, connecting with God. And God, it's, it's like their fingers touch. And, mm. and, and that's God's desire. He's reaching out to us. Mm. He desires. He wants us. He longs for us through prayer and I think that's, that's a really lovely way to sort of circle back and to where we started saying, look, the heart of this is Jesus offers us life. God is reaching out to us through Jesus and, and he wants to do life with us. That's the heart of this whole, and that's why it's, why it's really dangerous. To be, if we, if it's easy to get sidetracked to think, okay, I've got to try harder at fasting, I've got to try harder at prayer, I've got to work it. And you get, you get driven and get, you know, head down the wrong path. But uh, I don't know. I'm conscious, we, we do have to wrap it up. So for, for, for each of us, I guess, uh, as, as we come close to wrapping up and, and then we'll talk about what's happening next week, what, what are you left with or what would you like, what, what, as, as, from this conversation, what, is the, what, what are you taking away from it and what would you like people to take away as they're listening to us talking about uh, the, the relationship with Jesus, following Jesus, uh, the, when prayers don't work and fight, we've covered so much territory. I guess what, what's the what what for each of you, Katie, for each of you, what 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 do you take away? And what would you like people to take away from this conversation? 
from I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, I, the one thing I would encourage people is there's no right or wrong way to pray, mm. and not ever, and and to actually be the prayer warrior that we all aspire to is I actually believe that's a gift from God to be a prayer warrior. So we want to have the best prayer life we can, but don't compare yourself to prayer warriors unless you happen to be one. Yeah, that's helpful. That's, thanks, mate. Dan, what were you going to say? Yeah, just um, uh, I feel reinvigorated to make sure that I've got... I, I, I think a helpful routine for me is one day a month that I set aside for God and that I hmm. pray and fast and get out and on retreat with him. I think, I think that's what I'll take away. So you can actually ask me how I'm going to structure that in because structure is helpful. Yep. So, you, you, yeah, give me an ask and then I'll be having a day a month where I'm just retreating and fasting. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and, which is going to be good because next week we're going to be talking about Sabbath and the importance of having space mm. away. So that's, that's the, the plug for next week. I don't know. Mitch or Anne, what, what are you? What are your takeaways, or what do you want people to take away from this? I think Mitch, I'd like to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I've actually found this uh, podcast actually really good today because I, I think I've really learned about just what well, fasting just generally is just straight off the bat. I mean, I already knew, but just to have that solidified, um, but to then also, you know, with what Paul just you know, referred to, just with prayer. And um, mm. there is no right way, and just it doesn't mm. need to be. It doesn't need to be chill. It, it doesn't need to be the be what you need mm. in that moment to be with God. And yeah, really amazing. Yeah, mm. and I think um, I think the point is that everyone can pray. Everyone, and um, and we can pray differently, and that's fine that's okay that's good because we are made in the image of god we can pray and we're mm. all made in the image of god and i guess for me the takeout is just a reinforcement that god is faithful you know that that passage i read this morning from lamentations his mercy his um what is it um his compassions they never fail mm. They are new every morning. He remains faithful through it all. And sometimes we just have to wait on him hmm. and put our hope in him. And we do and, and prayer is a place to start. Yeah. That's that's great, Anne. I I, I think for me the, the takeaway is uh, it's okay where you are, but you don't have to stay where you are and there is a you can like I love what Dan's saying. I, I actually I said on I said this morning like unless you're intentional in your relationship with Jesus, unless you make choices, uh, then Jesus isn't going to be the center of your life. Mm -hmm. The other stuff will take over. Mm -hmm. And so I this thing of fasting and prayer, you don't accidentally fast. Mm -hmm. You know, really, you, you, and you don't you don't really accidentally pray. I accidentally end up looking at Twitter I, like. Well, I accidentally do lots of things. I don't accidentally have a really good prayer life. <laughs> um, and so I think I've been wanting to encourage people to stick with us over these coming weeks. And, and, and so we're talking about, next week we're talking about Sabbath. We're looking, following this acronym through. So there's the, uh, we started with today fasting and praying. Next week is observing Sabbath. Then we're going to be talking about listening prayer and listening to God. Uh, then we're going to talk about learning the Bible and how you get into that. Then we're going to talk about offering tithe and time, offering. You're, you're being ready to sacrifice yourself. And and, uh, and finally, we're going to talk about worship. Each, each week, we're going to dig into each one of these uh, categories. And, and next week, I think something we don't talk enough about. It's, it's, uh, people hear Seventh-day Venice talk about Sabbath a fair bit or whatever, and and can or or read the the Old Testament thing. That's just an Old Testament thing. But I really do think Sabbath is important. So we'll be talking about that next week. So that's all tied up my my both my encouragement from this week and also uh, what we'll be looking at next week. So thanks. I want to say thanks to, to Paul, Mitch, Dan, and Anne for uh, taking time out of your Sunday night to record this, which will be going live on uh, Tuesday 
And uh, we would love, all four of us, five of us, I was just trying to, my maths isn't good, five, five of us, would love your comments and feedback. Uh, you can do that by uh, just in the, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, just in the comments down below, if you're uh, on, on any of your podcast platforms that it's, you'll be listening to this on, we would love it if you could leave a review or let people know about it. Help us get the word out. Uh, but most of all, uh, and the reason we're doing this is to really help people. We call it next steps because we, we don't we don't want to just listen to stuff. We want to we want what we talk about on Sunday to influence how we live Monday, and that's what the next steps podcast is is all about. So, thanks everybody for being part of it, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.